So the more we can lean into like that awkward, icky feeling of like, oh, this is embarrassing and I'm vulnerable and I hate it, like the better off we all are. Hi guys, it's Megan Collins of Style Girlfriend. We are back for a brand new episode of Undressed. I know it has been a really long time, but it has been a really busy year. So I know that this is uh, the first in a while, but we are going to be getting back to regular episodes of Undressed. So be on the lookout in your podcast player for those. Uh, while we're on the subject of podcast players, please, please, please go subscribe to Undressed on iTunes if you haven't already. Leave us a review if you haven't already. I know it seems like a simple thing, but it is, well, maybe it doesn't. Maybe it seems really hard and that's why you don't do it. But regardless, please go do it because it really does help others discover us. And we really do want to get the word out about Undressed because we think it's pretty great. Uh, and we hope you do too. Uh, today we are actually taking a really new turn. We are talking with our very first female guest. <gasps> Whoa. I know. Um, I'm as shocked as you are. Uh, we're going to be talking with Polly Rodriguez of Unbound, who has a really, really incredible story that I can't wait for you guys to hear. Huge, huge, huge listener note. This episode is definitely not suitable for work or kids or uptight carpool pals. This is just my fair warning that you might want to throw those earbuds in now. I want to jump right in. I'm so excited and scared for this conversation. I already told you I'm going to be as red as my shirt by the end of this. Let's start easy. You went from working at Deloitte uh, to founding Unbound, which is a subscription service that it's like Birchbox, but for adult things and lingerie, which like is, in my opinion, Birchbox, but way better. <laughs> so tell me how that happened. Yeah, totally. So I actually specialized in customer experience um, while I was at Deloitte and really focused on like the worst industries that had the worst experiences. So insurance products and banking and when you go to an ATM, how do you make that customer experience more engaging? And after that, I actually went on to work at a white combinator startup called Grouper, which is trying to do the same thing with dating and any woman in New York can tell you how awful dating is as an experience. Um, and then following that, I kind of wanted to start my own company and wanted to focus on an experience that for me personally had been the worst I'd ever had, which was buying my first vibrator. Um, and so, you know, to the average woman who is a professional, well-educated, um, smart, witty, all of that, finding their way into this world of products is not necessarily easy. And we wanted to make it easier and more open and relatable. Um, so yeah, we, we decided to tackle one of the most taboo ta topics you can, and my parents are just, they've elated ever since about it. Well, that was going to be my next question. What did your family and friends say when you told them about your plans? It's funny. I mean, I had some friends that were like, oh, duh, obviously you're going to go do that. Not, not, and not, duh, that you're going to be an entrepreneur, or duh, that you were going to go down that route? But that I would pick, like, the most difficult thing to do. Um, <laughs> and, like, my, it was interesting. My parents at first, because before I even worked for Deloitte, I worked... Senator Claire McCaskill and my mom you know rightfully so was just very hesitant and concerned in the sense of like you have a name and a career and will that be tarnished what will people think will you be able to get a job if Unbound doesn't work out and so I think once they saw how determined I was and how vested I was in the idea 
And I was able to supply them with a plethora of studies and, um, you know, interesting articles and things that confirmed that opinions are changing. They got on board very quickly. But at first, it was certainly a shock um, that that was tough to articulate, and it's a hard conversation to have. Sex is difficult to talk about for everyone. It's especially difficult to talk about with your parents. Obviously, our uh, followers are mostly male, mm -hmm. and you know, I was a little bit nervous about well, how are they going to receive this. But I think that that's actually those nerves are the reason that this conversation is so important. I, I think that there absolutely should be more discussion between men and women about their wants and about their needs. And I'm curious about how you see Unbound helping to sort of uh, kickstart that conversation or help uh, make it easier. Totally. We So 89% of all millennials Google their sexual health and wellness questions, which, I mean, to us probably isn't surprising, right? Like we um, go online for, you know, everything from what shoes should I wear with this outfit to, okay. um, <laughs> yeah, obviously, <laughs> uh, to, to, you know, your, your ex first experiences when it comes to, you know, your sexuality. And so I think um, what we try to do is really write articles that, cater to the questions young women have um, and not treating it like a health class, treating it like how your best friend who also happened to have a plethora of medically backed accurate knowledge would tell you how to go about some of these first questions you have when you're trying to understand your sexuality. And um, so yeah, I think that there's this middle ground that we're trying to approach between like the very ster sterile medical to the other extreme of like hypersexualized um, that tends to be like a dreamland and not necessarily a reality and a true depiction of female sexuality. So, so Unbound is definitely uh, aimed at or catering to a female audience, correct? Mm -hmm. And why do you feel like that's important in terms of making sure that the, your audience knows who it is and that's sort of who's... Uh, top of mind for you guys? Yeah, one thing that's really interesting is when I first got into this industry, I had so much to learn, but one of the things that was most surprising was how many of these companies are run by men, um, which unfortunately in the startup world is, is not an uncommon tale, and specifically in the adult industry, almost all the companies are run by men, and so I think what we see is you know, throughout everything from the marketing material to website photography to copywriting, um, it's oftentimes from a male perspective. And um, I think that that goes all the way to like pornography and the way women are depicted. And so I think for us, it was very much so like, we wanna be the place where women can come and buy these products um, in the same way she would buy makeup or shoes or a you know great new dress. Because when we think about female health and wellness, we adamantly believe that sexuality is a part of that, that sphere and, and should be included when we're thinking about it holistically. So how do men, where do men fit in? Totally. It's really interesting. So for the subscription service, because we're a subscription online store and an online magazine, um, and for the subscription service, we have a lot, I would say about 20 to 25% of our subscribers are men um, who are subscribing for a girlfriend or a wife or a significant other. Um, and I think that's really great. Like, there's nothing that gets me more excited than when I have to answer an email from, you know, a husband or a boyfriend that is writing in to say, I really want to get this for my wife or my girlfriend, for our wedding anniversary or for our, you know, um, her birthday. And um, that's great. Uh, it, and it's, it's really encouraging. So I think, I think men fit into the picture in a big way. And the more we can get men on our side to understand that like women have sexual needs too, um, I think the better we'd all off be. Yeah, it almost feels like you don't want it to be about taking sides, but I hear what you're saying. Totally. 
Totally. Definitely not taking sides. Just a matter of like men wanting to understand what women need when it comes to being in the bedroom, I think is really important. And I think men tend to be a lot happier um, when they care about that for their significant other. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, uh, this didn't start out as a question, but when I was thinking about what I want to talk about with you, the first thing that popped in my head is um, I remember a few years back now, uh, I first heard the term sex positive, mm -hmm. and it was in a profile of Megan McCain, daughter of uh, former okay. presidential hopeful yeah, yeah, yeah. John McCain, in a Rolling Stone article. And she was like, I'm a sex positive young Republican, like, gun-toting Republican. And, you know, she was kind of trying to make the point that, like, I'm not the norm and I'm breaking these molds. But I was like, sex positive? What does that mean? I'm from Wisconsin. Um, <laughs> and I just, it really, um, that kind of set me off on, like, you know, research and what, you know, like I said, what does that mean? And, right. Um, and that sounds like a good thing. Like, how, how can one become that? How can one um, sort of work towards that? But it definitely is something that is really gendered. So I'm, I'm curious if you can kind of, like, talk a little bit about what that means, what it doesn't mean, and also how men can incorporate that concept into their own lives. In my mind, generally that just like, we should be having a conversation about this and acknowledging that like, sex isn't this taboo thing that none of us should talk about, um, is how I perceive that term. And I think the thing that starting this company has made me realize most is that like, only good things, generally speaking, can come from difficult conversations. So engaging in a conversation with your daughter, your dad, your brother, your significant other, whoever it is, it's super awkward. Like I can't tell you the number of awkward conversations I've personally had. I can um, imagine. Yeah, but but that like the the more often you have those conversations, the more comfortable you get, and the and you like you build trust, and you're able to kind of um, talk about your sexuality and talk about your preferences and talk about the realities of life that affect us all in a way that brings light to difficult things. And so I think generally only good things can come of that. And I think what, again, from kind of what I understand of it, what I like about it is that it doesn't speak at all to behavior. Mm -hmm. It's more about like what you said, the idea of incorporating it into health and wellness. You know, totally. And putting it under that umbrella and just saying it's a part of life. So let's not put it over here in the dark. like and pretend it doesn't exist or yeah. it's not there. And it's in whatever way you decide for yourself to incorporate it into your life. Um, and I, I think that because women for so long have had to, more than men, maybe pretend that it isn't something that they mm -hmm. want or isn't something that they you know desire, or isn't something that they have control over, kind of to your point right. earlier. Or are entitled to. Are entitled to. Yeah. yeah, I love that. So I think that it is something where, I think that's why it threw me off because I think that for men it's one of those things where this is such a dumb analogy, but like, like do the French call French fries just fries? Like, I don't think men needed yeah. the word sex positive. Like no. men didn't need no, I think it's it. And it analogy. only popped up because women needed to understand the concept that it's okay to be positive about sex in whatever way that that means. We learn like ways to really prevent pregnancy more or less, right? Which is right. important. Sure. Um, don't get me wrong. That should 100% be a part of health class. But like in no way, shape or form do we ever acknowledge the word pleasure because it's understandably controversial but it's certainly the main reason most people engage in sexual activity and so I think we are confronted with this really difficult situation in reality where it's like do we acknowledge this and have the conversation or do we continue to ignore it and sweep it under the rug and in my mind because I've been part of so many awkward conversations where my face too turns bright red um, those result in like a better understanding um, and I think you know even 
to go so far as to say like the instances that happened in Orlando last week, right? Like that's based on people being scared to have conversations. And so the more we can lean into like that awkward, icky feeling of like, oh, this is embarrassing and I'm vulnerable and I hate it, like the better off we all are. So. Totally. I love it. I, uh, I want to ask you, you ran the New York Marathon, mm-hmm. right, a couple of years back on behalf of Sloan Kettering. Yeah. The clinic? Clinic? Uh, the cancer, cancer Center. Cancer Center here in town. Talk to me a little bit about the role of uh, non-sexy physical activity in your life. Oh. Oh, you mean uh, colon cancer? That's not sexy? What? Um, yeah. So when I – this was actually kind of like – the reason I got, well, the reason I was so passionate about helping women find their first toy or, you know, I, product in this in this arena uh, was because when I had colon cancer, I went through menopause at age 21. It was the worst. I had a friend that was a nurse, and at her suggestion, she said, you know, you should just go buy a vibrator because your body's going to be different after cancer, and you should really try to understand it, and it would be good for you. And she was a friend, and so I was like, okay, like, I will heed her advice and go check it out. And it was a really terrible experience. I grew up in the Midwest. We don't have the great stores that you find on, you know, the corner of the West Village in New York City. And so I ended up going to this really seedy shop. I was so embarrassed and mortified. I walked in, like, spent maybe, like, 45 seconds in there and then walked right out. And so, um, yeah, like, that, that cancer kind of was the catalyst for me realizing like how much of an opportunity there was to like create a place that was safe and comfortable for women to buy these products. But um, cancer was also like just the most transformative thing that ever happened to me in terms of putting things in perspective of what matters and what doesn't. So when I moved to New York, I, I wanted to, you know, raise money for Sloan Kettering. So I ran the New York Marathon. It was the year Sandy hit. So I was like, screw this. I'm going to run it anyways. You were one of the ones that ran it anyway? Yeah. Yeah. And then I ran it. And then I ran it the following year because they were like, oh, all of you that didn't get to run it, you can run it this year. So it was it was great. It was wonderful to be able to give money back to an organization that helps people go through the experience that I still think was the best thing, actually, that ever happened to me personally. You didn't want to have those conversations with your doctors. Totally. And that was part of... Uh, the early menopause that you you didn't necessarily freeze your eggs, you didn't do this, you didn't do that because you didn't want to have those conversations and ask about it. Yeah. Is that something that informs what you do now? Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely does. I think specific to that, what I realized, not and not until I got older and had kind of the perspective, was that like when I went through that, like they gave me a 30% chance to live, it had spread to all my lymph nodes, it was a really bad situation. And so they were kind of like, listen, you don't really have the time to wait and freeze your eggs so because we need to start chemotherapy like yesterday. Um, and so it was kind of a no-brainer in the sense that it was like choosing between one day potentially having kids or just one day potentially living, like living took the priority. But no one ever told me like, oh, by the way, because you're going through radiation and chemotherapy, like you're putting your eggs in the equivalent of a microwave for like five minutes every single day. And so I had no idea that I was going through menopause because no one told me. And so I kind of had this epiphany where I I kind of stepped back as an adult years later and said to myself, like, holy shit, like, if I was a guy, I have to imagine that if the same experience transpired, the first thing a dude would ask is, like, "Uh, Doc, am I going to be able to, like, still, you know, get it up? And, like, that conversation not only was never acknowledged or put on the table, but... 
I felt embarrassed for even raising it as a concern because it was like that that's so low on the totem pole of priorities regardless which I completely agree with as an adult still but like it still should have been taken into consideration and it never was and that's not at the fault of my doctors I think when you're looking at the grand scheme of things of dying and chemotherapy and radiation and all of that it is rightfully so an afterthought but it was never discussed so what was the last thing that made you like turn around? People send products to us all the time and we share an office with wonderful other startups. Our last office, they actually like, it was really awkward because it was all these accountants and older men and we would get these really visually aggressive looking items sent to us because people find out about our company and what we were doing and like there would be 12 inch plastic items just laid about everywhere and people would walk by and you just see like their turns head as the, or their heads turning excuse me while they're walking and you you just be like you get to a certain point you're just like you know what like it's not even worth trying to explain what we do because it's just weird and bizarre but yeah i mean I've seen a lot of things that I don't think I ever expected graduating with an economics degree that I would see. Get stuff in, and like my friends are always like, so, um, get any new cool stuff? And so I always like give it to them and hook them up. So like all of a sudden I find that like my friend group has expanded. Yeah, that's like way better. I'm way more popular than I was in middle briefs. school. Yeah. <laughs> I'm bringing home to my brother at Christmas time. Like, you're welcome. Yeah, no, that's very different. Yeah. For sure. And with my guy friends, actually. Ooh. It's really interesting. My guy friends like it even... Because, like, think about how cool that is, right? To, like, bring your girlfriend, like... And it's funny because we have this awesome, awesome warehouse in Brooklyn. And the guys that work there... Hi to all of you if you end up listening to this. They're amazing. I love them. <laughs> but um, they always will, like... They were, like, real standoffish about it at first because they're all these like you know millennial age guys that work there in the summer part-time because they're all in like bands and actors and whatever and they were like really standoffish and they were like what is this like and like acting really cool about it and then all of a sudden we start seeing these orders getting placed and we're like wait i know this name and so we like fronted them out and we're like um excuse me who is this for and we're like guys we'll just give them to you like we you're you're our friends but now they like all they all have like girlfriends, so they're like all about it. And it's really fun because they're like, oh my God, she loved it. It's great. Thank you. So do you think it's about the exposure? Like what, what do you think is the uh, gateway drug to getting into this kind of stuff? Totally. I mean, I think, I think it's, the main thing is just permission. I think people want to be given permission to say like, hey, it's not weird. It's not silly. It's not dumb. And it doesn't make you strange to like want to buy or try one of these products. Um, and it's weird because... Mm -hmm. Whenever people find out what I do who don't know me, um, they, like, I call it, like, the two-drink unbound rule, where it's, like, when they first <laughs> meet the, me, they're, like, really standoffish, but after two drinks, everyone just, like, will tell me, like, to the point where I'm, like, yes, I sell these products, no, I need, I don't need to know the most intimate details of, like, your personal sex life. Um, so, so it's interesting, because people all want to talk about it, they just want to be given permission. Um, and they certainly want to buy it, they just, again, want to be given permission. I love it. Well, before I do let you go, I want to I want to do a couple of things that we do with all of our uh, guests. So I want to play SG approved or not this dude. I want you to tell me if the following are SG approved, or actually for that matter, PR approved, oh, Holly Rodriguez okay. approved, or not this dude. Dating apps approved. Come on, socks with sandals for men or women. Ooh, you tell me. Is it different? Is it a different Well, because I see... So, our design intern, who's, like, the coolest person I know, wears socks with sandals, and she rocks it, and it looks amazing. Mm. But on guys, I'd have to say, not approved. So, Holly's intern approved. 
Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, nude beaches. Approved, for sure. Cargo shorts. They're back. Oh, unless you're actually carrying some, like, sort of cargo in them, I find that bagginess hard to justify, so not approved. Uh, another item that's uh, sweeping back into style, allegedly, trucker hats. Oh, not, not approved. Again, not approved, unless you're an actual trucker. No. Speedos. Um, ooh, that's a tough one. Approved. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, like, if you, if, I think, like, if you have the confidence to rock something like that, go for it. Uh, cruises. Um, ooh. I, honestly, ever since that carnival debacle where, like, the bathroom's overflow, mm -hmm. like, that that sounds like my actual worst nightmare, so I would have to say not approved. <laughs> Especially, like, if you're with your grandparents, can you imagine? Ugh. Like, I can't hey, grandma, like, no bathroom, like, oh, no. That, that. <laughs> I like that that's where your head went. Um, yeah. uh, finally, sports cars. Yeah, I, like, approved, like, they're cool. I don't know. I, yeah. All right, Polly, so before I let you go, we ask all of our undressed listeners, what was your first million bucks moment? Uh, yes, okay, so I think my first million bucks moment was actually when I was a kid. My mom used to take us to, we grew up in like the inner city of St. Louis, which wasn't the best neighborhood, and like when we would uh, get like a fun day with my mom, she would take us to Goodwill, and she would let us pick out whatever 80s dress that was absolutely heinous and ridiculous that we wanted, and we'd go home and immediately put these dresses on and play for hours in them and just have these wildly imaginative scenarios. And it was the first time I realized that fashion isn't only a form of self-expression where you can enjoy yourself and your personality, but it's also a mechanism that allows you to kind of explore different facets of your personality and be whoever you want for the day. And you don't have to apologize or explain to anyone because you can wear whatever you want that makes you feel good. So... Yeah, it goes all the way back to being a little kid and, and playing dress up with my sister in heinous 80s, 80s prom dresses. That is such a good answer, and we have to end it there. Polly, where can people find you in Unbound? I mean, they can. anyone can always email me. We're uh, the, the girls at unboundbox.com. Um, the girls? Yeah, we're the girls, because <laughs> you know, we're a team of, of rad women that you know are changing uh, the world of sex one vibrator at a time. So yeah, we're, uh, I'm Polly at unboundbox.com. Um, and we're always happy to help with tips or questions or anything that uh, people may want to know. I love it. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. It's been awesome. And that was Polly Rodriguez of Unbound. Thank you guys so much for listening. I think it was actually pretty, maybe not safe for work, but it was, it was on the border. So I had such a great time. I hope you guys enjoyed uh, hearing more about Polly and what she's doing with Unbound. And if you haven't already, be sure to go and subscribe to Undressed on iTunes and Skitcher and, I don't know, wherever the podcast kids are playing these days. Uh, and leave us a review, because that would be super. I'm Megan Collins of Style Girlfriend. This is Undressed, and we'll talk to you soon.